Thanks, Pastor Josh. Woo, is, is everyone excited? Is anyone excited? Yeah. I don't know about you, but I'm excited. I actually need some help, Josh. Can you, I need to take this off. I'm getting excited. I, I'm a bit overheated. Can you hold that? Probably should have done that before, but that's okay. Awesome. Well, my name's Nathan, if you don't know, if I haven't had the chance of meeting you. Uh, and it's great to be here. Some call me Naz. That's what they call me back at home. So feel free to call me Naz when I'm preaching. I'll give you permission to yell stuff out. Do what you want. I don't mind. That's absolutely great. Um, yeah, do it. Say whatever you want. I like it. Um, but let me tell you, who loves Josh Santostefano? Come on. <laughs> Pastor Josh. Um, does... Yeah, come on, come on. Does, uh, does anyone think he's uh, an eligible bachelor or what? My goodness. My goodness. Look at this guy. Just stare at it. Everyone just look at Josh for a second. Isn't he a good looking guy? My goodness. My goodness. Take the hat off, mate. Woo, I met Josh a few years ago and uh, I just think he's a great young man. And look, mate, I've got two sisters and they're both taken. But... Legitimately, I, if I had another sister, who thinks if I had another sister, she should marry Josh? Come on. Um, but I don't. So, but don't worry, mate. We'll, we'll find one for you one day, won't we? Won't we, guys? We will, one day. Toyin, it's coming, isn't it? Do you believe that? Come on. We were in church today, in, in kids' church. And uh, it was Orlando said, have faith. We need to have faith for Josh. Someone's coming around the corner, but that's all right. Uh, it'll be good. But hey, you know, just as we were worshipping before there, I just got this picture uh, in, in the worship of, you know, when, when you're going into a cold shower or you step into cold water, right, and you dangle your feet? Why? Because it's, it's hard. It's, it's uncomfortable, right? But what I believe what God wants to do is push people beyond the comfort zone today and dip them into something full. And uh, I, I believe that we've had enough of the passive, we've had enough of dangling our feet in the water, but I believe today God just wants to fully submerge some of us into the presence of God. And so today we're going to go for it a little bit, and uh, we're going we're gonna to talk a little bit about being full of the Spirit, being completely consumed by the things of God. And so if, if, you, if you're taking notes, who, got, who brought the Bible and notepad? Awesome. Uh, the message for today is completely consumed. Uh, because I think often at times we can be consumed in life by other things, but I believe God wants to shift our eyes today to be completely consumed by Him. Is that all right? Does that sound all right? Awesome. Well, I'm from, I'm from Adelaide, and if you didn't know, anyone born and raised in Adelaide and moved here? Come on, Adelaide's good. Anyone like Adelaide? Who thinks Port Lincoln's better than Adelaide, though? Yeah. Woo! Let's go, Port Lincoln. Um, but I'm from, I'm from a church in Adelaide called Hope Church, and our youth ministry is called Crew. And I get the privilege of leading there, and uh, I, I do a diff- few different things, just so you know a little bit about me. Uh, I, I'm studying teaching. Anyone like school? Yeah, come on. Mariah's studying teaching, isn't she? Come on. It's good. And uh, I, I, I work as well a few jobs, but the thing that I'm most passionate about is seeing young people on fire for God, is seeing uh, a move of God in, in young people. And so that's, that's what we're going to go for tonight. And uh, if you've got your Bible, who's got the Bible? Come on. Bible's good. Matthew 3, verse 11. Turn there with me. It says this. I'll give you a second there to get to it. Big old Pete. How good's Pete, by the way? Isn't he just a legend? He, he is just a mighty man. Matthew 3, verse 11. There it is. I baptize you with water for repentance. But one is coming, but, one after, but after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. 
he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. And who knows who says that verse? Does anyone want to have a go at who, telling me who says that? Boom. Thank you, my man. What a legend. John the Baptist. And John the Baptist was someone who was close to Jesus. He was actually Jesus' second cousin. And the Bible says that he was preparing the way for Jesus. And in this passage, right, he talks about that he came to do something natural. And the natural thing was the water baptism. But what he points people towards is something greater. And that greater thing was Jesus. He, the more powerful one, that's Jesus. And what he came to do was not natural, but supernatural. And to fill us with not what is natural, but fill us with the things of the supernatural. And today, that's what I believe God wants to do. Fill us with the things of supernatural. And uh, you know, that word baptism often can cause some confusing. Sorry, some confusion. Um, Because it's a little bit confusing. But let me just bring some clarity to you. Because in a water baptism, right, there's three things really that take place, right? There's the water. There's the preacher or the pastor who dips. And there's the person that gets dunked in completely. And, And similarly... With the spirit baptism, what happens is there's the water, except the water is not the water, it's the Holy Spirit. And the dunker is Jesus, and us, is, us are the ones that are being submerged. And this time it's not into the natural water, but it's in the supernatural things of the spirit. Something that takes place on the inside. And so don't be confused by that word baptize. And the, the Greek word for baptize is actually this word baptizo. And what it means is to be fully immersed by, right? You think of someone who's getting baptized, they fully get dunked in. And that's the picture of what it means to be, uh, sp- what spirit baptism means. It, it's about being dipped into something. It's about being completely consumed by that thing. Is that all right? Cool. Well, let's pray and we'll get into it. Who likes prayer? Come, who knows prayer is powerful? And uh, so let's pray and uh, we'll move on. God, I thank you so much that you're in this place. Holy Spirit, we invite you right now into this meeting, God, and we pray you would invade it right now with your Holy Spirit. We pray in Jesus' name, come and speak, come and move, come and do what you will do and fill us afresh with a fresh filling of your spirit. In the mighty name of Jesus, everyone said, amen. Awesome. Hey, well, like I said before, uh, I'm studying teaching and so after 13 years of going to school, I thought, you know what, I might go back there. And so that's why I'm going back. But for real, uh, I actually really loved school. Did anyone really love school? Awesome. Some of you. I say that to kids at youth all the time, and they're like, what? School sucks. I hate school. But uh, I was one of the kids at school who just completely loved it. I just thought it was the bomb.com. It was awesome. And uh, anyway, I went to this weird little primary school, right? And it was called St. Bernadette's. And I want to tell you a story about what happened at St. Bernadette's, which ties in to, to the message today. And so what happened was, this was a, a little Catholic primary school. Anyone know what Catholics are? Look, we're a Pentecostal church. You know that? And you know what that means is that we believe that what happened on the day of Pentecost 2,000 years ago, right? If, we, if you look in Acts, that move of the Spirit, we, we believe that's still for today. And so that's what we believe. But, I mean, Catholics are a little bit different. And so it's a little bit strange. Anyway, I came to school, and uh, who remembers those dress-up days at school? Who remembers those? Does anyone remember those? And uh, I remember that there's different types of dress-up days, right? That sometimes there's the, like, the muck-up day, like, not muck-up day, so the bad hair day. Or there's, like, book week day, remembers that? And then there's, like... Um, Christmas dress-up day. And I remember this one time, right, we had Christmas dress-up day. And so the teachers were te- telling everyone about it at school, going, all right, everyone, get ready, get, get your outfits ready, uh, and go for it. And in my mind, I was like, you know what, I'm going to send this hard. I'm going to outdo everyone, and I'm going to come with the sickest outfit. Everyone's going to notice me. And I don't know why I did that. I just felt like going all in. And so I went home. I'm like, Dad, take me to the costume store. 
get me an outfit. And so he did. We, we, we went in the car. We went and got a costume. We came back home. And uh, it's the morning of, of, of the day. And so I get up. I put all of my outfit on. But here's the thing, right? I didn't just wear, like, a green top and black shorts, right? What I did was I, got, I was chose the most extreme outfit in the shop. So I'm talking, like, tight, green, skinny, legging, skinny leggings. Like, I, imagine me, right, like, when I was in year, like, three, with skinny leggings on. I'm talking, like, pointy shoes, like an elf hat, like a vest, a big skivvy shirt. Like, it was the full thing. Anyway, so we get in the car. I'm pumped. I'm keen. I'm excited at this point. Until we get to the gate of the school and we stop right in front of the gate and I look outside and nobody has dressed up anywhere near to the extent that I've gone to. Like I'm talking people are literally wearing like a a light coloured red shirt and some green like black shorts. And there I am. I look like I just come out of the North Pole. Like quite literally, I looked like I was in the gift production centre or something at at the North Pole. It was crazy. And so I look outside, I'm like, Dad... I'm not doing it. Take me home. He's like, no, I paid $65 for that sucker. Get in. And so it was an expensive outfit, right? So he's like, get out of the car. And so I forced myself out of the car, uh, begrudgingly, filled with fear. I walk through the gates. Everyone, as soon as I walk through the gates, everyone is staring at me, beaming. Their eyes are beaming at me. like just, Everyone just staring at me. I'm like, oh, my goodness. Uh, I nearly started crying, but I didn't because I'm a man of God. I don't cry. No, I'm kidding. Men can cry. It's absolutely fine. But everyone's eyes were on me, and uh, I began to be filled with fear. And, uh, but but, but here's, the, here's the moral of the story, right? You see, I chose that day that I was going to be someone that was all in. That I, I, I wasn't going to be half-baked. I wasn't going to dip my feet in the water, but I was going to go for it. I was going to be all in. And you see, in a world full of half-baked people, in a world full of people that are half-in, God's looking for a generation that's going to rise up and says, I want to be all in. I want to be all in. I want all of you, Jesus. I want to I be completely consumed by you, God. I don't want to just walk uh, walk by and go through the motions. I don't want to be lukewarm, but I want to be filled with the power of God. And so I walked into that place uh, and I had to, I made a decision before I even came there that I was going to be all in. And tonight, God wants us to make a decision tonight because it's, it's going to be a little bit uncomfortable, like I was saying before, because it's uncomfortable, right? I walked in and everyone was staring at me. And sometimes when, when we're an all in believer, people will stare at you. People will notice something's different, but it's worth it because God wants to do something great through this youth ministry. Do you believe that? Awesome. And so that word, that word baptizo, being filled with, immersed by the things of God, that's what I really believe God wants to do today. I believe he wants to fill us with his power today. Because, you know, the world is not changed by people with mediocre convictions, right? The people that change the world aren't the ones that sort of, oh, yeah, I kind of believe this. No, they were the ones that were radical. They were the ones that were full of faith, completely committed, right? Think of those people. Think of someone like a a, a Martin Luther King, right, who shaped freedom in America, he didn't just wake up one day and be like, oh, I kind of think freedom's a good idea. Yeah, let me speak about it. No, he was so hungry for it. He chased after it day after day. Even when people knocked him down, he got up again. And that's what happens when you're completely consumed by something. And God is wanting to do that in this place tonight. Awesome. And I, I think part of the reason that we're not completely consumed by God is that our mind at times is, is consumed by things that they shouldn't be. I think it's, it's quite easy to allow ourselves and our minds to be consumed by menial things instead of his majesty. And so Colossians 3 verse 1 to 2, it says this, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, 
where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. And so if we want to be a people who are completely consumed by God, let me tell you, what we need to do is lift our eyes above the earthly. Lift our eyes above what is down here and lift them up to what is above. Because when you do that, radical things take place. Turn your Bible to John chapter 4 if you've got your Bible. And I just want to show you this awesome example of this because Jesus comes across this woman at a well. Uh, the Bible says that he comes to this well and this woman is there and he says to her, woman, can I have a drink? And that woman goes, well, you shouldn't be talking to me because we're of a different uh, kind. And the Sumerians and the Jews didn't interact. And so there was, she was worried about that. But what Jesus says is he says, this, he says if you knew who, we, who you were talking to, you would have asked me for the water and I would have, I would have given you living water. And then what happens is she says, you know, what, she's, she's interested by this living water. She's like, she came to that well that day for some natural water. But Jesus says, I've got living water. And so she comes, she counters Jesus. And then look what Jesus says in John 4, verses 13. This is huge. This is what he says to her. He says, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. That's, that's the natural water. That's the well. That's the things of below. But he says, but, every, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will will become in them a spring of water welling up into eternal life. And so what, what happened that day is that woman uh, it actually says that she desired it so much. And it says that she, she actually went back to her town. She dropped the water. In, in, verse, in verse 28, it says, Leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, Come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? And so she came that day to, to encounter some natural water. But she left with something supernatural. And often we draw too much from the natural wells of life. We, we draw too much from our phones. We draw too much from social media. We draw too much from what people think. Those are the natural wells. But the Bible says we are to draw from the well of salvation. And those are that, that's the supernatural things. Those are the things that are above. And so today, if you get one thing, get this. Move your mind off of the things that are below and onto the things that are above. That's the step that we need to make as a youth ministry if we want to see God completely consume us to what he wants to do. What I love about Jesus is that he was willing to be uncomfortable, right? Because the Bible says that before he even came into contact with that woman, that he was hungry. He was hungry. He didn't have anything to eat. And so if we look in verse 31, his disciples actually worry for him. And they say this to him. They say, meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. Is this up on there? Can we get that up on there? That's right. Uh, John 4, verse 31 to 35. Meanwhile, his disciples urged, urged him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. It's a bit weird, isn't it? I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Then the disciples said to each other, could someone have brought him food? But look at what Jesus says. He says, my food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to consume and to finish his work. Don't you have a saying? It's still four months until the harvest. I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. And you see, although Jesus was tired and hungry, do you know what it says? It says that he was completely consumed by his work as a minister. He was completely consumed by his job to, to bring about the harvest that he did not care about going without food. And do you know what that speaks of? That speaks about being in a position of uncomfortability. And, and, and so the other thing is God's looking for a people who will forsake what is comfortable for the cause of a greater mission. Because you see, that day he came, uh, he came to the well hungry. And he could have said, you know what, I'm hungry, I'm going to go home and get some food. 
But no, he said, I'm here for a reason. I'm called to shift destinies. And he, he encountered that woman that day and her life changed forever. Why? Because Jesus was willing to be uncomfortable for a greater cause. Do you know there's a greater cause? God wants to open your eyes today. What is the harvest? Some of you, maybe you don't understand what it's talking about when it says the harvest. The harvest is the unsaved around us. And do you know the truth is that we, we may live a life of maybe 70, 80 years. But what happens after that? There's an eternal life to be spent. And it's either spent in heaven or it's spent in hell. And eternity is a big concept. And the harvest speaks of, of people who are on the road to an eternal damnation. And God is saying, open your eyes, people. Open your eyes to the world around you. Open your eyes to what is happening. And God wants to completely consume us with that passion for souls, with that passion to see people saved. Awesome. Because, you know, I, I believe this whole thing of shifting our minds onto the things of eternity and not the things of the earth is biblical. This is what Jesus did. And I believe that the people who, who made the most impact in this world, they thought the most of the next. Jesus, the reason why he was such an influence is because his mindset was always on eternity. He was always thinking about, you know, well, I'm going to come to the end of this life, but you know what? There is an eternity that is to be spent somewhere. And, and what I do depends on that. And so we need to understand the seriousness of that. We need to be consumed, not with the earthly, but with the things of, of eternity. Awesome. And, and tonight, I really want to spend a few moments hungering and, and thirsting to, to be filled with, with the Spirit of God tonight. Because I believe, right, in Matthew 5, verse 6, it says this, Those who hunger and thirst for righteousness shall be filled. Those who hunger and thirst. It doesn't say those who sit back. It doesn't that say that those who are open to it? Because, you see, there's a difference between being open to something and desiring it. You might be open to being filled with the Spirit. You might be open to being consumed by God completely. But there's a difference between desiring it and thirsting after it. And tonight, I believe God wants to stir your heart to, to really thirst and desire after it. So even as we're, before we even go into the music and, and into ministry time, just begin to stir your heart. Just begin to pray to God and ask him, God, would you fill me tonight? Would you do something on the inside of me? Because God wants to do something tonight. Because it's those that are hungry. It's those that are thirsty. Those that chased after it are the ones that saw God move, are the ones that saw uh, lives change. Who knows Zacchaeus? In the Bible, he's this tax collector who, before Jesus, was a sinner. And, and, and he, he, he climbed up the tree because he was so hungry to see Jesus. He was desperate to see Jesus. And Jesus saw his hunger that day. And what happened, he dined with, with, with Jesus. Zacchaeus and Jesus dined together. And Zacchaeus' life shifted forever. Why? Because Zacchaeus was willing to get desperate. He was willing to get thirsty, willing to get hungry. And I wonder, are we willing to, to get hungry? Are we, are we willing to climb trees just to get a glimpse of God? Because that's the type of faith that God sees and goes, you know what, I'm going to come and meet people there. What about the four friends who, who lowered, their, lowered their disabled friend into the roof? This guy couldn't walk, and so they were so desperate. People were all surrounding Jesus. They couldn't even get through the door. So what did they do? They broke down the roof. That's hunger. That's thirst. Just to get their friend into the presence of Jesus. And what we're going to do tonight is get hungry and thirsty for God to fill us afresh. Because John 7 verse 38 says this, Whoever believes in me from deep within, rivers of living water shall flow. And it's, it's about something that takes place on the inside. And I, I, just, I just got a sense, some of us maybe have not encountered what a real relationship with Jesus is. Maybe you, you're used to coming to church. Maybe you're used to being understanding that it's just rules and religion, but it's actually not. But it's actually about something much deeper. It's actually about an intimate relationship with Jesus. It's actually about knowing him. And when you know him, the Spirit of God begins to fill you afresh and something 
shifts. Something shifts on the inside. And so I really believe he's not after casual fans. He's not after relaxed followers. But he's after radical believers full of the faith, full of the spirit. And really quickly, I want to give you three points before we head into some music time around three characteristics uh, that believers full of the spirit carry. Cool. And the first one is when you are completely consumed by the things of God and completely filled with the spirit, there is radical change, right? Because nobody who encountered the spirit of God walked away the same, right? The Bible speaks about this guy named Paul. Who knows Paul? Before he met Jesus, he was Saul, and he was walking down this road to Damascus, and one day just, God just hit him, just like that, just like that. And he actually got blinded for three days. But the Bible says that he walked, he got up that day, and he was completely different. He got up changed. He got up, and and he got prayed for, and he was filled with the Spirit. And do you know that he he, he was changed so radically that people didn't even know who he was anymore? The Bible says that he actually wanted to join the disciples. But the disciples were like, who is this guy? What happened to him? Why? Because he got touched by the Spirit of God one day, and his life changed forever. And you see, when you get a touch of God one day, your life begins to take a new direction. Because Paul went from one thing, he went from a church persecutor to a church planner. He went from trying to kill Christians to being the very ones that he was trying to kill. Do you know what that speaks of? Radical change. And I believe God wants to consume us with his spirit, and there's going to be radical change. Some of you are dealing with some things. There's going to be radical change taking place on the inside that's going to cause you to live and walk out a different journey, different from the one that you've known before. And so radical change takes place when we're filled with the spirit. The second thing that takes place is when we're completely consumed by God is radical power. Radical power. Acts 1 verse 8. Jesus says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you'll be my witnesses. And so God, when we are filled with the Spirit of God, there is power. There is power in the Spirit. And we need to realize that we need to connect to God and receive that power. It's not about us, but it's about bringing glory to Him. It's about giving glory to God. See, God will pour out His gifts, but they're always for the gift giver. And so this power is not about you. It's not about you being full of power, but it's about you using that power to bring glory to God. Because people are before encountering the spirit and after encountering the spirit like we said are radically changed but they're also filled with a radical power who knows peter in the bible who knows that he just denied jesus three times he denied jesus three times right and that was before he got filled with the spirit and so he denied jesus three times the rulers and authorities came to him and said do you know jesus and he said no i don't why because he was scared of them but what happens is in the book of acts he gets filled with the spirit of god and do you know what happens he causes such an uproar He causes such a a, a move of God in the spirit that the rulers and authorities actually became scared of him. Do you see that change? You see, he used to be scared of the rulers and authorities, but now they were scared of him. Why? Because of the radical power that was taking place on the inside of him because of the move of the spirit, because he was completely consumed by God. If we want to be people that make a difference in our society, if we want to be people that make difference in your schools, let me tell you, it won't happen just by going through the motions. No, it'll come when you're completely consumed by God. Why? Because there's radical power when you're completely consumed by God. Awesome. And the third thing that he he fills you with, and and third thing characteristic, is that there's radical passion. Radical passion. And the truth is, we're all searching to live our life by a single passion. And and we're all searching for meaning, and we're all searching 
to devote our life to something. And when I was in high school, I really had this one desire to be a doctor. And it's not just because I'm Indian, because it's very stereotypical of Indians to become doctors. But I actually, the reason that I wanted to do that, because I realized, you know what, I'm going to aim for the highest thing with the highest status, the highest honor, and the highest power. It was about me. It was about me. It was about, cool, if I do this, well, I'm going to get this. And so I began to do that. And what, happens was, uh, what happened was I went into first year uni. I started studying med sci. Med science is what it's called. And, and as I was studying that, towards the end of the year, God began to stir in my spirit strongly. And at first I was like, what is going on? That, I, I was like, God, I, I want to do medicine. I want to be successful. But God began to stir in my spirit a change of mind, a change of mindset. And I had to think back, right? Because when I was in year 12, what happened was I, I rocked up to church one day and my pastor, who knows Pastor Josh Brett? He, he's, he preaches here a few times. He's preached here a few times. And what happened, happened was he came uh, to church one day and I, I was there and I was just going through the motions. But he called me up and he said, I've got a prophetic word for you, Nathan. He, says, he said to me, you're called to ministry, you're called to preach the word of God, called to lead people, called to be a mouthpiece for heaven. And at that point, I, I didn't agree with it. Why? Because I wasn't completely consumed by the things of God at that moment. I was, I was finding fulfillment in my search for power and status and honor. But what happened was I ignored that. And when you ignore God, it doesn't work well, right? Because I wasted a whole year of uni. It cost me like nine grand. Hex debt. See you later. Anyway, that's all right. So what happened was I went into that year of uni. And like I said, God began to stir in my spirit. God began to stir in my spirit. The Holy Spirit began to convict me, began to teach me that what I was chasing after was not right and that I needed to go back to God. And so what happened was I had to make a decision. And that was an uncomfortable decision. I had to make a decision in that year to actually stop going to uni. I finished the year off, thank God, but I had to make a decision to make a shift. And I, was going, I shifted my passion that day from being someone who was chasing glory for himself to being someone that was going to chase glory for God. Because the truth is we weren't made for the position of glory. We weren't made for the position of status and honor like everyone else chases after. But we were created to bring him glory. And so my life shifted and I went to Bible college and I now lead youth ministry, but I, but what happened was we have to make that decision. It's a decision. It's a choice. What are you going to live by? What passion do you want to pursue? Do you want to pursue glory for yourself or do you want to pursue glory for God? And so that's what I really believe God wants to do tonight. It's just stir faith in this place. We've only got like 10 minutes left. But I want to, if you could just begin to play some music, what I want to do is just create some atmosphere for God to just fill us afresh. I really believe that the Spirit of God just wants to fill us afresh in this place. And so I wonder if you could stand up, that'd be awesome. And, and what I want to do is just create that space in this place. Just create that space. And so we're just going to play a bit of music. And I really just want to allow God just to move and minister. You know, I, I really believe He wants to do something in this place. And so I want if it's okay with you, would you just put your hands out in front of you? Just a sign that you're ready to receive from God tonight. And I just want to pray. And I just want to pray that God would begin to fill us afresh. Lord, we thank you that you're in this place. Just begin to invite the Holy Spirit into you. Just begin to cry out for Him to fill you afresh. Because I believe that the time for lukewarm Christianity is over. I believe that the time of half uh, in the time of dangling the feet in is over. And God wants to fill us afresh right now with a fresh fire for Port Lincoln, for schools, for your friends that are unsaved. And I just believe He's stirring inside some of you right now for the first time. And come on, just begin to just begin to cry out. Just begin to cry out. Lord, I pray, Jesus, that you would fill us afresh right now. Just begin to come. Just begin to move, Jesus. Just begin to fill where people are hungry. God, I pray that you stir in them. 
pray that you stir. I pray that you stir, Jesus. I pray that you move in a mighty way in this place. And, you know, like I was saying before, I had this picture of a people that were uncomfortable, of a people that were, were sort of dangling their, their, their feet in the water. Why? Because it's scary. But some of us in this moment today need to make a decision to go all in. Some of us need to make a decision to just go, you know what, I want to be full of faith. And so what I want to do is invite you to do something a little bit radical, maybe something that you haven't done before. But I want to invite you to come down the front right now. If you want to be filled, if you want to get a, a fire for God, I want you to come down the front right now. We're going to pray for you. There might be a few, you might be more, but I just want to invite you right now just to step out in faith, just to take a, a step of faith and go, you know what, I want to be filled. I want to be completely consumed. I want to be all in because all he needs is hunger and thirst. Just begin to come and just begin to come. And some leaders are going to come and pray for you. And if you want to come, come. And we're just going to spend a few moments praying and just believing for the Spirit of God to fill us afresh right now in Jesus' name. Come on, let's pray.